Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 80.8, or 88, depending on where you are in this amazing country that we call home. You're listening to Faith FM, and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. How are you? I'm great today. Well, you're great, and I'm guessing you're grateful. What are you grateful for today? I'm grateful for lots of things, but I am particularly grateful for holes in the ground. <laughs> what? Yeah, holes in the ground. Please explain. <laughs> You're not grateful for holes in the ground. I mean, when I have to drive over a pothole in my car, I am really grateful for holes in the ground. You are? <laughs> no, really. I said really. <laughs> oh, really? I thought you said really. <laughs> no, really. I'm like, she's really grateful for potholes. <laughs> so how come you're grateful for holes in the ground? Well, we just had uh, four days of Easter break, mm-hmm. which is great to be able to have four days in which to remember what Jesus did for us Amen. on Calvary. Amen. Amen. And part of what I did over that Easter break was to go caving. So oh. I went crawling around in holes in the ground holes and it was so amazing. It was awesome. Oh, did you see any stalactites and stalagmites? Yes. Do you remember which one's which? Yes. Oh, yeah? The stalactites hold on tight and uh-huh. the stalagmites are mighty and big. Yeah, yeah see? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Stalagmites hanging from the ceiling. That's right. Yeah, you got it. That's how okay, I remember what? as well. What, 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 what? Um, this is all all delayed broadcast. Yeah, I know. Isn't it a shame? It's such a shame because today, dear listeners, someone called through and got the quiz right. and It could have been you. It could have been you. And it could have been you very easily simply by going to faithfm.com.au and pressing play rather than tuning in on your radio and you would have had a much better signal mm-hmm. anyway. Or by using the TuneIn app that you can download onto your mobile device. You can download that thing for free. Just search for Faith FM Australia once you have it on your phone and you can listen to us anywhere in the world and you can partake of our live show. You can call in the question of the day. You can ring us up and argue with Lyle about the Bible study. You can try and get the quiz right and win the prize. You argue, even get the argue, free giveaway. Argue with Monica. Yeah. All, all the hard questions are going to you. Yeah, actually, do you know what? Make sure you tune to the live show tomorrow. Well, today, actually, today, because Lyle's going to try and trap me. And I don't know what. It, yes, I've got, a, mm. I've got a question that where Mon is going to be just like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make me stammer. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that, Lyle. We will indeed. We're going to have a quick song break now. We're going to listen to Mercy Me, Psalm 139, and we'll be right back with some good, good, good news and some current affairs segments. you got some stories for me, don't you, Lyle? I certainly do. Looking oh. forward to it.
listening to Mercy Me, Psalms 139, You Are There, here on Faith FM. And Monica, we have come to the time where we have a quiz. What is our quiz? Mm-hmm. Our quiz is a Who Am I quiz. You ready for this, Lyle? Okay, I got my thinking cap on, ready to go. Okay, clue one. I had a shield bearer go before me in battle. Oh, I, that's that's just, that's way too easy. Is it really? Yeah, Darn it. I had a shield bearer go before me in battle. Do our producers know what it is? Oh, Shell knows what it is. Does Marta know what it is? They both know what it is. Wait, you guys are looking at the answer, aren't you? 
I would not have gotten it. Nah, come on. <laughs> this guy was this guy was such a significant warrior <laughs> that it was it's like okay, we want to spend this this guy to spend more time killing and less time defending himself. So he was given his own personal bodyguard, whose job was just to carry a shield and fend off blows. Wow! So he could get in more. It's a pretty big quiz today, isn't it? <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> That's a good pun if you know the answer. <laughs> Clues coming out left, right, and centre here. And today's prize is a copy of the New Believers Bible. It's first steps for new Christians. It's an amazing Bible. It is the first. I'm um, sorry, the New Testament. Um, but it is still quite. It's the size of a normal Bible because it has these like. Uh, um, Little added sections, little explanations, and little added stories like modern day stories and like tiny little Bible studies, like often like three step Bible studies, just going along with the Bible so you can read it and really begin to study and understand it for yourself. So, this is actually a really great Bible. I've been using it often when I've been here in the studio. But it is time that I gave it away. <laughs> and it has a couple of pictures, so you know, some pi- breaking a pi- down. Sli- slightly used Bible. Yeah, yeah love by Mon. And uh, we will send that to you if you think you know the answer to the quiz. Who had a shield bearer go before him in battle? 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669 and we will send you that prize free of charge. And Mon, I can't wait to hear what your um, story is today. What, what are you going to be Life. sharing with us today? Okay, okay. Do you know what's significant about today? Uh, it's Tuesday. Good job, Lyle. It's the 3rd yeah. of April. <laughs> it is my first... Oh, I know what it is. I know what? what it is. What? I'm back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Can we, like, take the ego down a notch? No. <laughs> okay, here's what's significant about today. Well, I mean, not just today, but the last two days as well. So, we are now, would you believe, a quarter of the way through 2018. No mm-hmm. way. You have Absolutely. got to be joking. It feels like 2018 has just, just started. started, right? I, yeah, just got, no. I just got my head around saying 2018. Okay, it's not 2007. Yeah, it's 2018. I know, okay. right? Yeah. 2000, okay, all right. We're well, in 18. 25% of this year is already done and dusted. Oh, my goodness. And even though in the last three months we've had some pretty sad news happen, I decided to do today a roundup of the good news. And I'm talking about not because just... Because this is positively different radio. Positively different radio. Yes. And I just want to demonstrate to our listeners that even in just the last three months, so much good stuff has been happening. It's It's... You should be happy. You should be cheery. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go over stuff we've already talked about. Oh, okay. This is the, all new all stuff. New, all new ones. Everything that's happened in 2018 that's positive. Well not everything, but I'm gonna give you the top twenty, would the you believe? 20. Top okay. twenty right. positive right. news stories. Right. Are you start ready? From, are you gonna start from number one or start from number twenty? I'm gonna start from number one. They're in no particular order. Okay. There's just twenty of them. Okay. So a hospital in England became the first to ban all sugary food and drinks. Well done. Congratulations. I know. I'm like, round of applause. This, like, every single hospital should be I've been in hospital. They feed you the most unhealthy food imaginable. Jelly and soft drinks. It's absolutely disgusting. So this, That's like way more unhealthy than what I eat at home. I know, right? So this is a ban on fizzy drinks and all kinds of desserts and stuff. And they're, they're sort of being labeled as trailblazers. But I'm like, round of applause to them. Number two. A can and bottle deposit return scheme got the green light in about 25 different countries. There you go. I've used it. Yeah, you've used it here in Australia. Not every state in Australia does it, unfortunately. But a lot of countries are now, um, you know, the recycling thing where you can count up your bottles and you take them to the depot and they give you money for it. Mm -hmm. That's on the rise. 
of the 30, number three, of the 35 million flights taken last year in 2017, just two were involved in accidents that caused fatalities. Oh, wow. Yeah. So That's th- going to be good news for you, Mon, because you kind of get a little nervous on flights. Don't really like flying. Yeah. Yes, this is really good news for me. Number four, a ban on plastic microbeads entered force in the UK. So microbeads are something that's used in cosmetics and personal care products. And because of the harm that they cause to marine life, they've now been banned completely, which is good because they're totally unnecessary. Number five. So is it like so small that you can't see them and they, they, when you go for a swim, it washes off your face kind of thing? Yeah, it's quite, no, not really. It's like, it's these tiny little microbeads and they basically create like a little bit of abrasiveness to exfoliate. Oh, okay. It's like, seriously, just get a face cloth. They have the same amount of exfoliation. It's completely unnecessary. Yep. Number five, women in Saudi Arabia were allowed into professional football games for the first time. That's pretty, uh-huh. that's pretty radical uh-huh. for Saudi. Now, but before they were only allowed to watch it on TV, but now they're allowed to spectate. I can't wait for them to play it. Number six, there has been a 70% drop in the annual rate of respiratory deaths in China since 1990. Oh, that's, that's, that's very uh-huh. Cleaner cooking fuels and better health care and the air pollution, um, the crackdown mm-hmm. air pollution. Number seven, Latin American countries signed a legally binding pact to protect land defenders after the... 60% of the um, deaths of environmental defenders were from Latin America. Mm. So they've now changed the laws to protect that because that was quite a bit of a blight on them. Mm-hmm. Number eight, German cities will trial free public transport to cut pollution. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is so cool. Can you imagine public transport being free? I know. Everyone would just be on the bus on the train. It'd be a a massive move forward for environmentalism. Number nine, organic... You're giving giving us a lot of environmental stories this morning, Mon. Well, a lot of them are really good. Yeah, why not? Number nine, organic food and drink sales have risen to record levels in Europe. So up by 6%, record 2.2 billion sales. And then get this right... France, mm-hmm. wait, hang on, let me scroll down to France, has announced a plan to make half of all the food in public sector organic or local by 2022. Oh, wow. That That's is amazing. amazing. That's a growing market right there. So if you are a farmer, start thinking about organic if you are not already there. Or local, because yeah. Because this is a market that you need to be, this is the market of the future. Uh-huh, absolutely. And can you imagine what that's going to do for local commerce? It's going to be amazing. Anyway, I'm running out of time. I've got 10 more to go. The number of cities getting at least 70% of the total electricity supply from renewable sources has doubled since 2015. I love this one. A planned Chinese panda park will be twice the size of Yosemite. How cool is that? Progress has been made on HIV AIDS in South Africa. So 19% of the world uh, in Africa lives with HIV AIDS and their deaths and infection rate has been reduced by 29%. The government of Seychelles created two new marine protected areas in the country's remote Indian Ocean archipelago, which will cover 81,000 square miles, about the size of Great Britain. Afghanistan's deadliest province for landmines was declared free of explosive devices. Oh, wow. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. Rwanda became the first low-income country to promise eye care for all. Hmm. So that's 21 million citizens eligible now to receive eye care after after they trained a lot of nurses and uh, and local health clinics. So Mm -hmm. as a result of training. India announced plans to create the world's largest government-funded healthcare program, which is also a result of training. And 18, a rare butterfly was found breeding in Scotland for the first time in 130 years. Oh, that's cool. 19, drinking fountains will be installed in London this summer in a bid to reduce plastic waste. How good is that? Awesome. 
And the last one, the University of Edinburgh divested from all fossil fuels. Divested meaning they're dropping all of its fossil fuel investments. Amazing. So there's been some really positive things happening sure. this year right around the world. There's just so much that I couldn't pick one to do a story. I'm like, do you know what? Let's just do all of them. Why not? Yeah. It's a quarter of the way through the year. Maybe in the next quarter we'll do some more. Yeah. Maybe we should do this a habit. Every quarter we'll do a roundup. This is Sandra Enderman. Nobody knows me like you.
You were listening to Sandra Enderman, Nobody Knows Me Like You here on Faith FM. What's our second clue for the quiz? I can't believe nobody's got it yet. Who am I? The man who killed me would be rewarded by receiving the king's daughter, great wealth, and his father's family would be exempt from taxes. This guy had quite the price on his head. That's a pretty hefty reward. I would be tempted to kill this guy too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe not if you saw him. If you think you know the answer, 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us 0491-064-669 or even just message us on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia, and we will send you the prize. Do you call it Facebook again? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, just <laughs> I don't have Facebook, so Facebook makes more sense to me. Well, it kind of makes sense, but maybe we should start that. <laughs> Let's just like call it Facebook. Facebook. We should start at like a like a, like a, like a, a Christian version. Yeah, a competitor, seeing yeah. as it's going down the gurgler anyway. There you go. You have a big story today, don't I you? I do. Uh, Bill Cosby is back in court again. Oh, man. And, of course, this is after his uh, trial for um, child sex abuse um, ended in a mistrial last year. The juries became deadlocked. Um, There were claims that there were contradictory statements amongst the witnesses and a lack of evidence. And so it was declared a mistrial. And, uh, yeah, he's back in court today. They're picking out the jurors for it. Wait, wait, wait. So because because the people couldn't decide whether or not he was guilty or innocent, they just chucked out the whole thing and started again. Yep, that's right happened. Wow. And this, this, of course, comes on the, uh, on the back of a Sydney psychiatrist um, who's been banned from practice, Dr. Ian Morris Disaks, um, who um, was actually condoning the practice of pedophilia. What? Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sordid story this one. Um, he told somebody that he was um, um, working, you know, one of his clients, that his behaviour was okay and should be allowed and that in other countries it was allowed and historically it was allowed and it was just another kind of uh, What preference. other countries allow pedophilia? Yeah, I don't really know, but it uh, it was definitely um, This yeah, guy should not disturbing. only have lost his practising licence, he also should have been stripped of his doctorate. Oh, there's, there's, probably, there's probably more going to happen with this story yet. But it does raise some interesting questions and so I've got on the phone... Uh, Jennifer Skews, um, psychologist, um, who's going to help us out with some questions here, and she comes to us with uh, more than 25 years of experience in the field of psychology. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, great to have you on the show this morning. Now, um, we've got this th- these two stories that are sort of coming in here together, uh, and I'm particularly interested in relationship to this one from this uh, psychiatrist in Sydney who has taken right. the view that, you know, mm-hmm. this is just another sexual preference and so therefore it's, it's okay. What are your thoughts in relationship to that? How is it that a, uh, a person becomes a pedophile? Is this something they're born with or is it a choice that they make? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't believe pedophilia is a sexual preference because it's abusing And they're abusing children, which is even abusing adults is not acceptable, but because the child is abused, it has a huge impact on their life. Mm. I have quite a few clients who've been greatly affected by sexual abuse, and that often is people very close to the family, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it ruins their life. It takes them a long time to try and get their life back together again, and let alone the families that are part of that that are also devastated. Yeah, that Um, would have been... that would have been my first qualm is like, how can you call it a sexual preference when it does so much horrific damage to the person who is not choosing to have it done to them? Well, you can't. It's, uh, it is not to me a sexual preference. It's 
due to um, a pedophile is often being sexually abused, from my knowledge, in their own childhood, and that principle of the abused becomes the abuser. Mm-hmm. But abuse is never acceptable, and it certainly, I don't, well, doesn't, God does not condone abuse. So it's not something that um, we should accept or ever condone. And I'm a bit shocked to hear that that psychiatrist actually considered it to be an option because I don't believe it is. Yeah, and I've yeah. seen the devastation of it. Mm. So how much damage is actually done to a, a a child that is abused? I mean, we often hear the, the saying that, uh, you know, a, a pedophile mm. gets a few years in jail and a, and a child gets a life sentence. Yes. Is that actually, is that true? Um, you mean their life sentence or the abuse of the child? Well, the child gets the life sentence because of yes. the damage that it's okay. done. Okay, yes, it does, because that child, is ne- usually with pedophiles, it's not just a one-off thing. It's something that happens very regularly over a long period of time. Like I said, it's often it can be an uncle, it can be um, a neighbour or whatever. So that child is subjected and they give the child fear. They threaten the child with loss of their pet or they'll um, kill a parent or whatever. So that child is in constant fear. They have years of that often before it's exposed. They're too afraid to tell anyone and the parents don't always know. Um, so this means that child has lived that nightmare for many years and I see them then in adulthood where they have what's called post-traumatic stress disorder due, due to this childhood sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something often they can't work effectively, their relationships don't work well, their whole sexual identity is um, destroyed. Right. So it is a life sentence. It takes them a long time to try and get their life together if they can. Now, Jennifer, you're a, uh, a Christian psychologist, and do you see the grace, of, mm-hmm. the grace of God working to transform people's lives when uh, yes. they allow him yes. to work in their lives? Yeah, and I believe that is for a lot of people who've been through that, it's hard for them to come to God because why would God let that happen to them? Sure. They often question that. But I find if they have faith and I can work with that as far as their relationship with God goes, there's a much better recovery and a healing process than if they don't have that in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can recover. Now, how big of a problem is this in our society today? Say, for instance, right here in Australia, is this a big problem? I believe it is. I believe it's rampant. I know regularly of uh, males who go over to the Philippines. It's not just here because that's where they can, um, you know, their pedophilia is more active um, and it's not legal over there. And here um, they do, and from what I understand of a pedophile, they actually groom the whole family and groom a child to, to get in and get access. And that is part of the game they play or part of their thrill is to actually take time <clears throat> excuse me to to groom that person mm. so it's not just about the sexual act it's a whole process that they're addicted to and it is an addiction it's something they're compelled to do okay so on the flip side of that do you uh-huh. then do you then find yourself um, treating pedophiles themselves people who have been involved in this and uh, okay. w- w- what happens there I haven't I haven't worked with pedophiles. I've had to help expose a pedophile at one stage and that was very difficult to do and that person never got fully exposed because the system doesn't know how to deal with it and I don't know how well they deal with it now. Mm. So it's something that um yeah, it just seems to remain, you know, a constant problem. You know, with with families and with children. Sure, sure. Mm. So for our parents who are listening in, what's the most effective thing that they can do to protect their children? 
be aware of males coming into the family of being very, very friendly. They're very charismatic often. Um, they seem to be really lovely people who wouldn't hurt anyone. And then they offer to read stories to the children or have contact with the children or take them out somewhere. And because they've spent a long time grooming that family, the family feels safe and allows it to happen. Mm. They're very much opportunists. Sure. So that's been my experience from clients I've had and parents who've come to me with what happened. Um, so being aware of that's very important. Yeah. And one of the things, of course, that we've noticed um, here in Australia is that they tend to, we find them grooming communities, say, for instance, church communities. Yes. And would that be because, just very quickly as we're finishing off, because this is an area where they gain access? Well, it is. They go into churches. I've had them uh, in different churches. Um, things like anything where children gather, the youth groups, young people, uh, homeless children. You know, there's all sorts of avenues that they yeah. go into. Mm, yeah. you know, it used to be like the Boy Scouts. And We're going to have to actually like leave that. it there, but thank you so much. Okay.
were listening to a very special artist, Dr. Sayan Eastam, his eyes on the sparrow. And the great thing about that piece of music is we actually have Dr. Sayan Eastam joining us right here in the studio. And in just a few moments, she's going to share with us some of her story. But before we do, Mon, did you want to share another clue from the quiz? I do want to share another clue from the quiz. It's a Who Am I quiz. And the next clue is, when chased by Saul, David went to Ahimelech the priest and got my sword from him. Okay, so whose sword did David use? If you know the answer to that one, you know how to give us a call. 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or shoot us a message on Facebook. Dr. Soyan Eastam, welcome to the show. Hi. Soyan, let me quickly ask you, what are you grateful for this morning? I am grateful for my health today because a few years ago I had a shoulder issues that stopped me performing as often as I would like. Oh, praise well, the Lord for that. Yeah, fantastic. Now, um, for those of you who don't know Dr. Sayan Eastman, probably many of you have not heard of her, she is um, an amazing musician and very accomplished. Oh, thank you. And has uh, you know, quite a number of um, there's albums there that are available on uh, iTunes and so forth. And so we're very privileged to have you come in and join us here in the studio. But, um, Dr. Sayan, we, uh, you don't come from this country, do you? No. Whereabouts do you come from? I was born in South Korea, and I grew up in a family where my father was Buddhist and my mom was Seventh Adventist. Okay, so that's an interesting... Yeah, uh, it's a very interesting mix. ...mix to uh, have in your family. So as you're a young person growing up, I'm curious to know um, which one of those two religions you favoured more than the other. Yeah, that was very hard for me. Um, yeah, because my mum was followed, um, my dad's the Buddhist temple services. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that, that, it was hard at the beginning. Um yeah, but ended up um, we were attending Seventh Adventist Church when I was about nine years old. Okay, so you did, your dad started to come to the Adventist Church as well? Um, no, my dad never came into the church. Okay. Yes. Just you and your mum. And, now, you got brothers and sisters? Yes, I have one brother. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Are you all musical? No, my brother is actually art, an artist. Ah, so you're all creative then. Yeah, yes. creative family. <laughs> yeah, well, music is another form of art, so you're both artists. Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, as a young person growing up um, in Korea, um, I'm curious, Korea often comes across to me as being a Christian nation, but your father was Buddhist. What's the mixture between, say, Buddhism and Christianity in Korea, would you, would you think? Okay, um, the South Korea is a very interesting country because... Uh, 50% of people of the popularity is um, worshipping their ancestors. Okay. And uh, 30% is about Buddhist and 20% are Christians. So maybe it's only the Christian Koreans that I get to meet then. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so now, now whereabouts in Korea did you come from? Uh, originally, I came from um, the bottom of the country which is called Mopo but 
my parents moved up to Seoul when I was um, 10 years old. Okay. Yes. I want to know a little bit about the <clears throat> the journey behind how you ended up in Australia and, and, and a bit about the music as well. Like you seem to be very accomplished. That, that song we just heard was very beautiful. Oh, yes, and I've heard, I've heard Dr. San Easton perform many times. I'm going to share why in a little while. Um, but <laughs> she has skills that are just... Um, um, yeah, truly amazing and, oh, and, a, and a blessing. A gift from God, no yeah, doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. So where did the, where did your journey in music start? Okay. Um, where can I begin? <laughs> I started playing when I was four years old. And um, okay, so I was about nine years old. I heard that some missionary people were running some meetings for the children in our area and I start to go go there and um and I thought that Jesus was calling me there and uh, one day a pastor saw me carrying a violin case and he asked me to if I would like to play in church so I accepted it and and I thought God was calling me then and um yeah I didn't tell my parents at the time but I snuck out through my bedroom window, I took my bike <laughs> with my violin on my back, and I oh rode my. to the church. So you—that—that's uh, a story that you don't often hear. Somebody who sneaks out at nine years old and sneaks off to go and uh, play violin at church. Yeah, play violin at church and to praise God at church. What a fantastic story! That just warms my heart. If to you're going to sneak out, it might as well be for yep, that. Yep. Usually, when we hear about people sneaking out, it's for um, going to rock concerts. Yeah, less honourable <laughs> Less honourable uh, reasons than uh, sneaking off to go to church. But uh, yeah, fantastic. Of course, you know, career is often mentioned as being the um, Asia's Italy when it comes to music because I, I guess Italy is known for its music and its singers and so forth and, and Korea. I've met many Korean people. And you started at four. Yes. Is, is this uncommon for um, a Korean person or a, a person from Korea to, uh, to start studying music that young? They pursued the education very seriously. So they... Um, yeah, they teach the little children um, whatever the gift you know they have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on the parents. Um, they um, teach them from young age. Yes, That's very common. It's, um, it's Asian discipline, Mon, that we don't really have here in Australia, mm. is it? We're just Australians are so laid back and like, yeah, yeah. We're just Can I just <laughs> ask, um, what instruments do you play? Uh, mainly violin and some piano, a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, most of the, um, I think all of the pieces I've heard you play have been on the violin. And uh, Now, Mon wanted to know, and, and I butted in, but Mon wanted to know, how did you end up here in Australia? Okay. You're a long way from home. Yes, yes. Um, about 24 years old when I was, um, I've, after I finished four years of university course in Korea, I went to study English at the SDA Language Institute. And I met my husband there. And we got married and my husband brought me here. Okay, so your your first name, Soyeon, is uh, definitely a Korean name and your last That's name, correct. Eastham. Yes. That doesn't sound Korean at all. <laughs> <laughs> so that gives some clues away as to, uh, as to why you might be hearing this. I, you know, I did a similar thing. I, I met my wife overseas and oh, married okay. her and, and, and brought her here to Australia as well. She comes from <laughs> the United States. Now, when you met your husband, how, how, how good was your English back then? 
I was speaking very little English back then. So how do you, how do you, I want to know, how do you actually, how do you build a relationship when there's a language barrier like that? Uh, well, I could write um, English because I was learning English in the school. So uh, in, over there in Korea, um, we have a subject called English. So we all learn to read and write, right. but we never taught to speak. Okay. Yes. So you could write to each other then? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing a story one time um, um, about a couple living in England that had met overseas and, uh, and the wife didn't speak a word of English and they had like six kids or something or other and the husband didn't speak a word of whatever country it was that this lady came from and uh, and yet that they loved each other and they had wow. a fantastic relationship and so That's it great. seems that um, yeah language is not the only form of communication that there is out there mm, definitely mm. Soyan so you've um, you've gotten this gift from God this musical talent and uh, you've obviously made a decision to follow God for yourself That's and I was correct. just wondering you know often when we hand our talents over to Jesus he uses them um, to further further his cause so can you tell me a little bit about you know, where your, where your music ministry has taken you? Okay. Um, I've been involved with Evander College Orchestra and Institute of Worship Orchestra for the last 20 years. Wow. And we've been making music in various churches around the country, and I have been playing um, items in churches in overseas and locally for the last 30 years. Um. Yeah, after I finished my PhD, I finally sat down with a friend and wrote some hymn arrangement. So seven years ago, I recorded my first CD. I called it Gentle Whisper. Then I decided to go for some more complex hymn arrangement. So I asked Colin Spears, who is head of composition at Newcastle University. And two years later, I made a second CD, Journey of the Spirit. And three years ago, I was asked to be the worship leader in my local church. Ah, and this is why, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is why I've heard Dr. San Eastham uh, perform so many times, uh, because her local church is none other, none other than Maitland Seventh Adventist Church, where I'm also the pastor. And plug, uh, plug, plug. Yes, this is my, <laughs> my unashamed plug. If you are living in the Newcastle Hunter region. Come and join us on a uh, on a Saturday morning, and you will hear Dr. Sarn Eastham um, and the musical arrangements she puts together each week for us as our worship leader there. And it's an amazing experience that we have. We always enjoy the uh, the ministry that you bring to our church. Thank you. And I just want to ask: well, you have this uh, this album, "The Journey of the Spirit." What exactly is that about? Like. Okay, um, the journey of the spirit has been arranged to give the idea of a journey from a place where the pilgrim realizes how fragile he is without God to a place where there is a sense of joy and positive affirmation. And it's one of the things that I've enjoyed when you've put special um, programs together, you know, say for instance, our Easter service, our spring service, um, our Christmas service is that the whole musical service that you put together 
is built in much the same way. It takes you on a journey. It is a starting point and it leads you through the whole experience. That's, we just had our, our Easter right. service over the weekend and we were led through the whole experience of the crucifixion in music. Oh, thank you. Did you write the album, by the way? Uh, uh, the Gentle Whisper I did, mm-hmm. but the Journey of the Spirit um, um, wrote by Colin Spears, who is the head of the composition at Newcastle University. Okay, yes. wow. So you, you, know, you said you had a PhD. I'm guessing the PhD is in music, right? Yes. Um, I have a PhD from Newcastle University in violin performance, specifically of the Romantic period, which is music from the 19th century. Hmm. Ah, so where, where can people hear your music, by the way? Um, it's available in iTunes, YouTube. You can purchase the CD from my website, soyonistem.com, or come to the Maitland Church. There you go. <laughs> can you please spell soyonistem.com for us, please? Okay. And we'll put it up on our Facebook page and you can jump on there and sure. we'll, we'll put a link up and you can uh, uh, find some of Dr. Soyon's um, music right there. How are you going to spell that? Sorry. Okay, S-O-H-Y-U-N-E-A-S-T-H-A-M.com. Now, Soyan, you have some other miracles the Lord has blessed you with. You have some kids, don't you? Yes, I do. Tell us a little bit about them. I have one son. He's 21. He's doing engineering degree at Newcastle Uni. I taught him music since he was little. Oh, wow. Yeah, but he didn't follow what I had planned for him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny how kids do that to us, isn't it? You know, you you get a whole plan mapped out, like, I want my kids to do this and this and this and this. Like, yeah. But he does play amazingly. He's he's, he's great on the piano when... when, when he does join in. How old was he when he when, when you first started him on music? Um, I taught him since he was two. Two. Violin? <laughs> on violin, yes, correct. If, you, if you go to uh, Dr. Sayan's home, you'll see um, Jeremy's two-year-old violin hanging there on the Aww. wall. And it's like, it's about, you know, it's about tiny. this big. It's tiny. It's, it's just um, amazing. So, so uh, how, how, as a mother and also as a musician, how did you juggle, you know, how did you stay on top of your relationship with God through that time? Okay. Um, I try to read Bible every day and other resources like Ellen White books. And I attend church every week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm, that's fantastic. And do you get to share Jesus with your um, students that you're teaching music? That's correct. Yes. So you can um, lead them to... Um, uh, okay. For Easter services or... Um, when we do the big services in the church, I ask my student to come and join me playing in the church. And, yes. And, um, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you will uh, always, um, if you want to hear some of Dr. Cern's uh, students playing, then come along and join us for some of our special services that we have at the Maitland Seventh-day Adventist Church. But at this particular time, we're going to hear some more of your music. Yeah. We're going to hear Come Thou Fount of every blessing. So if you're wondering uh, what uh, Dr. Sayan's music is like, here it is right here. (laughs) 